You are listening to the Staff Study Podcast, a ministry of Bible Baptist Church in Mount Orib, Ohio. We hope this podcast will encourage you to study the Word of God and to grow in Christ. Welcome to the Staff Study Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in today. And we've got a full studio today. We've got myself, Rob Moore. We've got Dominic Ellingworth, Jason Jordan. And we've got a special guest today. We've got Race Johnson in the studio with us. And he's going to be talking about a new work that he's starting. And uh, before we get started, we want to remind you to like, comment, subscribe, review, all those things to help us trend higher in the algorithm so that we can reach more people for Christ. And that is our ultimate goal here on the Staff Study Podcast. So we just want to remind you to do so. So, so to get started today, we just want to, we're going to turn it right over to Race Johnson and let the people know exactly what it is that you are getting ready to start to do uh, and where you're going to be doing this at. Yeah. So me and my wife are going to be planning a church uh, in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, my wife is Rachel Johnson. We have Leo and then we have a set of twins on the way. Uh, they'll be born at the end of this year, but uh, yeah, God just began to call us, work in our hearts, and um, we're on. We're going out raising support currently, and then in 2024, we're going to be uh, starting a church in Georgetown, Kentucky. Awesome. So, what exactly? Maybe tell people um, kind of your your method, how you're going to get started, um, mm-hmm. and then also uh, why Georgetown. Yeah, so we are um, right now. Uh, we're going to start a Bible study uh, down in Georgetown. So we're not living there; we're living about an hour away. And so we're going to begin having a Bible study down there. We know a couple families already that uh, that are going with us, but a couple families that are already down there that are going to um, meet with us, have a Bible study, begin building a core group of people, and disciple them. So that way, when we launch like Sunday worship. You know, we have people to serve. We have people that can disciple other people. Um, And even when we start Sunday worship, it just kind of depends on how the Bible study goes. Um, But if we, if we, you know, are are still running like 10 or 15 or somewhere in that ballpark, we'll just meet in a house. Once we move down there and have Sunday worship in our house um, or in uh, one of the people that are going down with us in their house. Um, until we have the the group to be able to to have the need to to rent a place, there's no point in renting a facility and paying two three hundred dollars you know a week or a month if we only have ten people you know right. so um, that's our plan as far as starting the church um, and then um, I can't remember oh why Georgetown was the, was the other part of the question so that. My pastor uh, planted Faithway Baptist about ten years ago, and he was he was pretty much just saying like when he was led to start Faithway, he knew he knew it was Maysville from the, from the get go. So someone preached, he heard the word Maysville, and he knew that was it. Um, but I think for me, it was a little bit different. Um, even when you hear people like Tim Carter or people like the, uh, people that have gone out and started a church, it sounds like. They didn't even go visit it. Like they just knew that this was the city, um, and I kind of struggled with that because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So we we knew that God was calling us to plant a church, but we didn't have a location. And we began to pray about where God would want us, where He would have us. Um, prior to this, me and my wife wanted to be missionaries in Japan, but God began to lead us away from that um, to plant a church here in the states. 
And so when we uh, began to pursue that, we started going and visiting different cities. Uh, we went around the Lexington area. Uh, we went to Richmond, which is south of Lexington. We went to Nicholasville. Uh, we went all over the place. Just praying. Honestly, I didn't even know what I was looking for. Like, I, I feel like I was like looking for something in the scriptures. I would go there and pray and read the Bible. I was just looking for God to tell me something. Um, and you know, kind of like where like you're maybe looking way too hard into it and like you're like, God, is this, is this verse it? Like you said, here, go. Is, is that what you meant? Like, this is the city. And, um, and I didn't really have any peace. And I remember, uh, our pastor would always come up to me like, is this it? like, are you a hundred percent sure on this city? And I was like, well, I guess so. I mean, I don't really know what I'm looking for. So I, I like the city. There's lost people there. So mm-hmm. is, is the, um, is the need, the call, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we kept praying. I didn't really have peace about anything. And I remember sitting up one night, just not being able to sleep all night and just building out these lists in my mind of like, okay, this city has these things that meet, uh, you know, these desires of my heart. And then this city has these things. Okay. God, which one of these two is it? Um, and just being full of anxiety and care about trying to figure out where God wants me because none of us want to be in a place where God doesn't want us, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's um, being serving here on staff or whether God's calling you somewhere else, like we want to be exactly where God wants us. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if I'm going to uproot my family and leave my where I'm at, mm-hmm. like I don't want to go somewhere where God doesn't want me. And um, so the next day I went into uh, to church and, and went into the nursery and just started praying and um, – you know, asking God, just praying where God would want us. And um, I remember just surrendering my uh, my my future, to, not, not so much my future, but just my desire to him. Like, God, everything that I'm worried about, everything that I'm anxious about, like, I surrender this to you. You're the one that's going to do it. If I were up to me, I'd just stay here at Faithway. But... But I give all these emotions to you. This anxiety isn't of you. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace, and I obviously don't have that. So there's a part of me that's unsurrendered. And um, the verse, I had this Bible app on my phone, and it gives me like a verse of the day. And the verse of the day was First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. It was one of those verses in there, so I was just like, well, I'll just read the chapter. And then I got to, um, let's see, chapter 5, verse, uh, let's see. 24 it says faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it and um i think we get full of anxiety about our calling and about where exactly god wants us but god called us to it and he will remain faithful to tell us what he wants and where he wants us when he wants us there mm-hmm. like god's not mute he'll tell us plainly when he wants things uh, mm-hmm. to move or to be done mm-hmm. so it was like I just had a peace come over me in that moment of like, okay, this isn't up to me to figure this all out. Like, mm-hmm. it's up to God. Yeah. And um, what God taught me through that part and um, what he was trying to teach me was that God wanted my heart. I wanted the destination. I wanted the plan, but God wanted my heart. He wanted me to surrender to him um, my emotions and my desires, um, whereas I just wanted the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... The next, or I think, yeah, this is the next day after I had prayed that we, me and my wife decided to go to a city called Georgetown. Never been there in my life. And uh, as we're heading there, my wife tells me, well, let me start. We had a criteria of things that we wanted that God had used us in in our ministry. So we wanted uh, 
a larger town, we just like, I, I, I'm not built for the sticks. Like I'm not built for country. I'm not good at ministering to like, I don't know about farms or farmland. I don't know about any of that. So we wanted like a suburb city kind of place. We wanted um, somewhere that had a lot of young people that would have growing families and uh, somewhere that had college age kids because that's who God used us for a lot. We always have college age kids over at our house and um, discipling them. So that was big for us. Um, and then God gave us more than both of those things in Georgetown. Um, as we're heading there, my wife tells me that there was a lady that was uh, talking to her in our church. And she was like, Rachel was telling her our story about how God was just moving us away from Japan. And, and this lady in our church was like, well, maybe God doesn't want you in Japan. Maybe he wants you to start a church in a city here in in the States that has a Japanese population. And she said, Georgetown, Kentucky has a large Japanese population because of the Toyota plant that's there. Mm-hmm. And now Kentucky <laughs> and Japan don't really mix, right? Almost the same. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. They love bluegrass music in Japan. Do they? They do. They do. <laughs> that is wild. I'm going to have to get tuned up on your bluegrass music. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring See, you down. Yeah. So I'm going to have to yeah. get... <laughs> you're not from the sticks, but maybe you're going to have to have a bluegrass music. Shh. I'm going to have to pray hard. I'm going to have to pray hard. <laughs> Jason's shaking his head. But um, so we got there and it was just like God just gave us uh, the peace that I was looking for a lot. And I know like for you, Jason, going to Cuba and, and you probably know that feeling well. Mm-hmm. And all of us do. We're like we we are searching for this peace that that we found finally when, when like the plan was revealed. But that, that always comes after like a surrender of our heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've been you've been on staff working as assistant. Um, Faithway Baptist in mm-hmm. Maysville for how many years now? So I've been there for seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So maybe um, take us back through, especially for maybe some young people who may be listening and they're struggling with what to do with their life and that surrendering and, yeah. and finding that peace of where God wants them. And maybe they're even struggling and away from God. But take us back through, if you don't mind, maybe some of your testimony and how the Lord's brought you to this point of planning this church and um i know you were here at mount orb for a time and so take us back through some of that if you don't mind and and fill us in on some of that yeah well i was i was saved at church camp um in 2010 and then the next four years i'd really spend really running away from god um there's so much in all of that but um i think the first year after i'd been saved i was trying really hard to thinking I had a measure up to to be perfect. Like that that's what Christ demanded from me. Like if he saved me and, and I placed my faith in him, then then I need to like stop sinning. I need to stop doing all of these things, not realizing that was the spirit that did those things for me. And being in church would have helped me a lot. Um I was in and out of youth group, sometimes there, sometimes not. I wasn't discipled, um and, and I didn't pursue any of that. But um you know, Jason can probably count on a couple hands how many times I've been to church. The past, so the past. To, just, <laughs> just to let everybody know, listening, and we don't really know either, me and Rob. So so was Jason your youth director yeah. at the time? Was yep. he the only youth director that was over you that time? Yeah, the so, only one that mattered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but Jason was my youth leader for, I think, almost three, three or four years because mm-hmm. um, Joey Ackerman was uh, – left the youth group my freshman year. So I just started in the youth group. And then Jason 
was my youth leader till like my senior year and then Avery took over and I definitely wasn't coming because Avery was like my age so I was like <laughs> and then I'd, I'd be Avery's assistant so God kind of worked all that out um, <laughs> God said jokes on you yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like fail in my Christian walk and just, you know, I had like Jason to look up to and, and Pastor House and Preacher Smith and like all these really godly, uh, people. And I was like, man, these, these guys do no wrong. Uh, that was my outward perception. Now that I know them, now to know they're have still. to say that with him sitting there. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's open the door to make room <laughs> for his head. <laughs> but. But I would like fail and then you know how it is like you pray and be like, God, forgive me. And, and then you go and fail again. And so I got to the point where I was just frustrated and, and just done with God. And I remember just um, telling God, like, if I can't live this life for you, then I'm going to live for myself and I'm going to pursue any and every sin that I want to uh, forget you. I'm done with this. And and that's exactly what I did. Uh, for especially for the last junior and senior years of high school, I just pursued every desire that I had. Um, and the weird thing was, is that my life was going really well. Um, I was doing well in school. I was, um, you know, I had the friends, I had the car, girlfriend, like I had all the things that I wanted. Um, and, you know, kudos to, to Jason. Like I would, I would be struggling with stuff. And I remember Jason would even meet with me, even when I was struggling with stuff, some punk kid that never wanted to come to church. Like those were the things that really kept the Lord, um, somewhat in my life. Like even when I was struggling and I got myself to that place, like there was always a youth leader that was willing to meet with me and just help me through a season of life, even though he knew that I wasn't going to come to church, you know? Um, and Jason would probably attest that out of all the kids in his youth group, I probably would have been the last one to plant a church. Um, yeah, that list wasn't very long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you know, how, how we perceive ourselves is oftentimes not how other people, it's not even close how other people yeah. perceive. So it's just funny hearing you say all this because <laughs> none of that was ever in my mind, honestly. <laughs> so uh, then I got to my, well, I started struggling with depression pretty severely my senior year because my both my sister had, had moved out and I was really close to one of my sisters. Um I mean, we'd always hang. We'd always did everything together. She, she broke me out of school one time. She called and acted as my mom. Got nervous, hung up the phone. Then I got in trouble, and then I managed to get out of school. But uh, <laughs> that's just kind of the stuff we did. But but so they went to college. So then my parents worked a lot. So then I was alone pretty much all day long, and I remember just just uh, feeling isolated and alone, and and starting to deal with suicide. And then it all kind of hit a pinnacle my first semester in college. I uh, was just in my dorm room. I had everything I wanted. And I was pursuing the degrees that I wanted. I was on track to get a great job. The girl of my dreams was living in the dorm above me. And I'm like, man, like I'm going to be able to start dating this girl. I had the car I wanted. I had everything that I could want. My parents were uh, well-to-do. So if I wanted something, I would just buy it. Mm-hmm. And um, But I was so miserable. I, I was... I was uh, sitting on my bed contemplating how I was going to take my life that night. And I couldn't understand why. If I had lived this life for myself, why do I want to die? And uh, and I had planned it all out. And I remember opening one of my drawers. I was looking for something. And then I found a Bible. 
and it was the Bible Avery had given me for graduation. And so I was like, well, what do I have to lose now? And I remember opening the Bible up and I didn't know any of the books of the Bible. Like I said, I knew Adam and Eve and that they're naked and I knew Jesus. Like that's all that, that a guy's going to remember, right? Adam and Eve. (laughs) Yeah, hit the highlights. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't really know where to go, but uh, I remember Joey Ackerman told me a verse in, um, in the Bible is Philippians 4.13. I've seen it everywhere. So I was like, well, I'll just go read Philippians. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird place for a new Christian to start, right? <laughs> and uh, I went and read in there, and uh, 1.6 says, Be confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work, and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, God, you can't forgive me for, for walking away from you, for denying you, for all the things that I've done, the life that I've messed up. Like, you can't take me back now. And then chapter 3, I think it's verse 16, says, um, forget those things which are behind and press forth unto those things which are before, pressing onto the high calling of God. Mm-hmm. And so it was really just a combination of God um, saying that, yeah, I, I can forgive you. Um, and I'm over here thinking like, well, I, I failed so many times, like I can't live this life. And, um, of course, 4.13, um, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, Oh whoa! Like this is through Jesus that mm-hmm. that I can, you know, live this victorious life. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, it was in that night. Like I, had, I was addicted to pornography. I, I had a filthy mouth. I was severely depressed and suicidal. And and I dealt with the depression, and suicide more so, even in ministry. But um, like the other two, like God just completely took from my life in one night and um, gave me victory over them, and, and really just radically changed my life. Uh, that night for his glory and mm-hmm. so like if you're if you're the the teen or the person that thinks like god can't use you or or you're the least of them like that's literally my story it's like I, there's no my parents aren't suit weren't they're they're getting more involved in church but they're they weren't super involved in church when i was growing up mm-hmm. like I, I was raised in a good household but not a godly one yeah and um but like jesus can still use you yeah. if you just surrender your life to him yeah. that's awesome so um, you got back right with the Lord. You had already been saved. You got back right with the Lord. And then I, I kind of know the story because you just recently were at our church yeah. and, and told this. But what what did you do? Like that night, it kind of came to that, that pinnacle. And what was your next step from that point? So uh, when I got down, I prayed. um one of my prayer was, God, my, my life is yours. And what I was really thinking in my head was if I wanted to die and I had no desire to live, but Jesus wanted my life, well, then I'll just give it to him and he can have it and he can do whatever he wants with it. And um, and so he I, – I, I can't say that there was like a – like a light came down. It was like be in the ministry. But it was like I felt this weird desire like, well, I'm just going to live my whole life for him and – I guess ministry is that. I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't educated enough in, in Christianity to understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just knew that I was going to live my whole life for him. And I knew that there are preachers and people that like Jason, that, that that's what they did with their life. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I should do that. Um, and so I remember I went to church camp the next day after I had surrendered and I pray with Courtney Smith up at the altar, and she got up, and she's like, do you feel like God's calling you into the ministry? And I was like, well, let me tell you real quick. And uh, God used that to confirm 
that call and I'm thinking like, okay, I, I'm not well at speaking. I was a super shy teenager. Didn't want to, didn't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. was really shy even to get up and talk in front of people. Um, and I was like, well, God, I can't, like, I'm not the one, like God can't, you can't use me for this. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was reading through my Bible and as soon as I told God that and prayed that, uh, I was at Moses because uh, I skipped Genesis because it sounded really complicated. So I started in Exodus. <laughs> so when I started, <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, there's too many genealogies. I'm skipping all that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I got there and then I, I'm severely dyslexic. So now not only can I not speak, but I can't read. Um, and so I, I had to like read things four or five times just to understand what's happening. Uh, and then I got to Moses and Moses told God, like, oh, I can't speak. Like, I'm a slow speech. And God told him, like, did I not make your mouth? Like, mm-hmm. go out and, and and just do what I'm commanding you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so God was answering all of those uh, different prayers. And then I, I remember telling my parents that I was leaving college. And it was really a, a really big shock to them. Because I go from this kid that's cussing and um, just a punk at home to all of a sudden, like, reading my Bible all the time, loving Jesus in church all the time, telling them that I'm leaving college to move back home to go serve at a church for free in hopes of one day that I might get a job that doesn't pay well. (laughs) (laughs) I I am curious what the reaction was because you see, I, you know, I know of you more than I know you Yeah. because by the time I came to Mount Orb, you had already went to Maysville. So, um, this is kind of new information to me that I, I just kind of assumed that your parents had a really in-depth church background because mm. I didn't know. So that's yeah. new information yeah. to me. So I'm curious what their reaction was when you told them this. Yeah. And <laughs> and let me preface this all by saying, like, I have amazing parents. Like, mm-hmm. they taught me what it means to, to have a, a marriage that endures. They taught me how to have a really good work ethic, um, how to have integrity. Like, they taught me a lot of those things begin mm-hmm. the the loving Jesus part with your whole life wasn't fully there. Yeah. Um, but again, I love my parents. So, because they're probably going, they're probably going to watch us. So, I, 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 but, um, I have the same background yeah. as yeah. far as parental, great parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grew up in a loving home, you know, great parents couldn't ask for a better childhood except we weren't in church. Yeah. 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 And when I told them that I was leaving college, I think the shock for them uh, I think it was some disapproval too because they didn't understand it. But our relationship is really tense, and we didn't talk a whole lot for a couple months. Um, and for me, it was really a test. I think from the Lord was, are you going to choose me over your family, um, or, or are you going to let them persuade you to do what they want you to do, or and to stay and to pursue this career? Um, so that was a, a pivotal moment for me to just rely on the Lord more. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it was it was real tense for a while, um, and thankfully I had a lot of godly friends um, and church family that came together to really support me through that time, and yeah. and of course the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, the The one verse I always uh, I don't even know if I can find it, but um, 
Yeah, the real the verse that was really like impactful for me during that time was uh, Mark ten, and I, I preached it here. Mark ten, uh, twenty eight. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, uh, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brother, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake in the Gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in the time houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last and last first. And, you know, I think we read things sometimes and we just think that's a cute quote. And, and like, that's just something cool Jesus said. But like, do you actually believe this? Like what Jesus said was actually true. That if you choose Jesus, not saying that you forsake them all, right? Your, your family, don't be neglectful to your family. But if you choose Jesus and his plan for you over your family's plans or over your desires or over your comfort of your lands or your homes for the gospel, do you actually believe that Jesus will give you more in return? Uh, and I'm not saying like prosperity gospel kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For me in my life, it was my family tension was really rough and Jesus gave me um really spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers um, in Jason or in uh, Katie Brown. She really took me in and, and uh, cared for me uh, and Kenny Brown and that whole family and even Pastor House. Like there were, there were so many in brothers like Avery and Jaden, like he gave me a spiritual family uh, mm-hmm. in the time where f- f- there was friction between me and my physical family. And so it's like, do you believe these things? Or is it, are they just words on the page? Um, yeah. So, and I think that that could help a lot of um, people, especially young people, maybe who their family isn't all in church, and they're coming, even if their immediate family's here, but their their extended family isn't. I think Rob and I can understand that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Our parents, again, we kind of have a similar testimony there. We have we had good parents, good family, um, but not necessarily in church and give your whole life to Jesus yeah. and make it all about him. And, um, now my parents are in church today. I want to say that. Yes, Lord, yeah. And they're going to be like, what yeah. are you doing? What do you <laughs> no, mean? My, parents, my parents are in church and they're serving and we're thankful for that. But when you, when you take that step, the Lord does give you people. And, um, yeah. and a lot of times you're closer to them than, than your own family. And especially even your extended family. And, um, and that's, that could be a great help hopefully to, to us, some people who may be listening, that the Lord won't, he won't leave you alone mm-hmm. when you, when you step out for him. Yeah. I had, I mean, my, my parents were awesome. My parents were, I couldn't have a better childhood, really. Yeah. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, like even my extended family. But, you know, the love in my family was always there. I was always mm-hmm. well taken care of. Um, you know, my sister and I were, I mean, we weren't raised wealthy, but we had anything we wanted to, or anything we needed, at least. Yeah. Um, we just really didn't. There was just a lack of talk about religion, really, until a, a little uh, revival kind of happened within my family. Hmm. Um, and a lot of people in my family got saved at one time. So I, I certainly don't want to make it sound like I would mm-hmm. uh, forsake my childhood because I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you feel the same way. <clears throat> exactly. That. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had a great childhood. I hope I hope my kids look back and think they had as good a childhood as I know I had. Yeah. Probably um, not. 
<laughs> thank, thank you for that encouragement. The one in the room without kids is like, no, they're not going to do that. Wow. This got derailed. But so anyhow, you were, um, you know, you were kind of at a point where there was some tension between you and your parents, but then um, the church kind of came around you. And then eventually you got to a point, obviously we see, you know, we know what the end is, but there was some, there's a couple missing links there. Maybe you could tell us how you got from there to where you're at. Yeah. Well, it it was just serving in every opportunity that I could. Um, I was literally just, I mean, I wasn't even paid. I was just at the church all the time at every visitation that I could possibly be at. Um, who, I can't remember who told me this. Maybe it was preacher Smith, but, um, if you won't do it for free, you're not going to do it on staff. You're not going to do it if you're paid. And so um, just love people and love sharing the gospel, especially if you're young and, and man, you're single and you're not married. You don't have a lot of responsibilities. Okay. Get out there and go share the gospel. Be at the visitations. Yeah. Be the biggest servant in your church. Um, and maybe through that, if God's calling you to ministry, um, that, that might become a full-time ministry, vocational ministry that might become a reality one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I served at, I ended up going on staff, uh, part-time for two years. Um, I was with, or three years preacher. I was with preacher Smith for like six months to a year on staff. Uh, and then he had left and then it was pastor house for about two years. I want to say, <clears throat> and it was a lot of fun. We, we were all challenging each other to grow. And I was, I was a new Christian, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I was just learning about the Bible, learning about um, Jesus, how to witness to people, how to lead. Um, and then during that time, I, I began to feel convicted to go and help Pastor Kevin Bell. The church was about three years old. Uh, Faithway was about three years old at that time. And I was feeling really burdened to go and help him. We had been having Bible studies and... I was like, all right, God, well, I'm just going to take a step of faith. And and I remember going on vacation and praying, like, God, is this what you want? And I felt him just convict me that this is it. Um, and so I just prayed and I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job here. I'm just going to go down there and find a job and a place and we'll just make it happen. And I'll just serve wherever I can, like I've always done. And I remember this was the next Bible study we had. It was literally the week after I prayed that. I met with him and he looked at me, he's like, would you ever think about leaving Mount Orb? I was like, I was like what's the pay like? No, <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. And he was like, well, we're, we're thinking about hiring uh, somebody on staff and, and we're thinking that it, it might be you. And so we both prayed about it and we both um, said, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we think this is of the Lord. And I remember him asking me, like, how, well, how much do you think you could live on? And I remember, like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't I never paid a, paid a house payment or rent or paid utilities or anything. Church, like, had a parsonage for us. And so, like, all the money I got was just, like, spending money uh, and pay for my, you know, phone. And so I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe, like, 
$600 a month. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I think you're going to need more than that. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. Pastor House maybe would hire you back. At yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to speak for him, but I can put in a good word for you. It's uh, $600 a month. I'm so thankful that your pastor, Kevin Bell, is an honest man. Cause yeah. They're like, okay, <laughs> deal. They're like, yeah, yeah deal. They're like, I'll tell you what, oh. I'm going to give you a six fifty because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah. Yeah, you're going to need more than that. Because uh, I didn't know I was so, like, I was just so green and naive to, like, the whole world because I, I never had a job outside of the church. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just fun. He, so we worked all that out and he gave me an, more than enough to live on. He gave me some, uh, like, uh, the salary. And I was like, dude, this is a lot of money. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it, it was funny. And, and so we ended up finding a place really cheap and we like packed up all my stuff in like one open trailer. And it was like, I had like five items, like a dresser, a bed and some plates. And that was all I had to my name <laughs> and some clothes, like two boxes of clothes. So you weren't eating soup. You didn't have any bowls. <laughs> no, me and Jane just ate pizza. That's all we, that's all we <laughs> ate. And, uh, you think I'm joking, I'm dead serious. <laughs> uh, so we moved down there, and then I just began serving down there. And it was seven years that, that I served there in just about every role. Um, kids, I did the nursery, helped manage the nursery for a while. That was the worst ministry, all right? Whoever whoever does the nursery, kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is a hard ministry to get people. Come like, on, you're giving her a big head. Yeah, yeah. That's easy. There's nothing to it. And then I, I did teens for a long time because that was my – because, you know, I grew up – and, you know, my role models, the people I looked to in the faith was like Jason and, and Joey Ackerman and, and these people. So that's where my heart was. Uh, I think it was instilled in me by them, just seeing them serve. And so I did that for six years in youth ministry. And uh, it was a blast, man. Just uh, the teens were so much fun. Uh, they're ornery and uh, hard-headed sometimes, but they're honest. And I love that. I, I love serving with those that group uh, and yeah and so a year ago god started convicting us that um, it was just time to go play in a church and it was not our will at all like we wanted to stay at faithway forever that was our goal that we were we were fine to stay there um and minister we really loved the church we loved the people uh, but God began to move in our hearts. And I remember talking to a pastor and asking him, like, I have this desire, but I don't really know what to do with it. And he's like, well, if no one would follow you, that's probably a bad sign of your leadership. And I was like, okay, well, let me pray about it. And so I began to pray, God, if you want someone to go with, if you want me to go plan church, would you just tell someone they'll go with me? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a guy I had discipled. And I led both of his kids to the Lord. And, man, we spent a lot of time in, in prayer together. And uh, I got done preaching one day, and I came down, and, and he just pulled me aside. And he's like, if you ever go and plant a church, I'm going with you. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, all right. I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, did you mean that, or why did you say that? <laughs> so... Uh, that was just like confirmation yeah. for us that, yeah. yeah, this is what we need to do. Yeah. So going down to Georgetown, Kentucky, is going to do a great work, plant, 
plant a church down there. Can you tell if there's people listening and hopefully maybe some pastors or people in a church, they could relay this information to their pastor, somebody um, to maybe have you come and present your work? Would you want to let them know how they could get a hold of you? And um, they might want to want to encourage people, especially if you're listening and you want to and you're a pastor or attend a church there. Um, have them reach out. We want to encourage you to get a hold of Brother Race Johnson and support him and help get this this new church plant going down in Kentucky. You want to give him some information there? Yeah, you can uh, you can text Jason at his phone number. No, I'm just kidding. Nine one one just happened. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can uh, send me a text or or yeah, probably text is the best because I usually never answer my phone. Amen. Uh, it's six zero six four zero seven ten fifty three, or you can uh, shoot me an email at pastor at themountbc.com. Yeah, so that that's one thing I don't even know if we said. Why don't you tell them what the name of the oh, church yeah. is? Which oh, yeah. kind of just did. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's the Mount Baptist Church is yeah, okay. the name that we're. Yeah. And so that's going to be in Georgetown, Kentucky. And for those of you who don't own uh, a map or a smartphone, that is just north of Lexington. Mm-hmm. So yep. <laughs> right off of 75. And you have a, a website, Facebook page, all that yep. works or something people can look um, up if they're in the area. Maybe if you're around the. Yeah, we have Georgetown. a Facebook right now and then our website should be done this week so yeah the mountbc.com is what it'll be so by the time this airs it'll be done yeah yeah so uh yeah that's great so um as you're as you're getting ready to start bible studies down there in preparation of um going down there to start the to plant this church um we know one thing that that people could be praying about is the fact that your wife is pregnant with twins Mm -hmm. so um we know that's a prayer request but you know maybe you know is there anything specifically that that we and and the listeners ought to be praying about with for this church plant specifically yeah like yeah definitely pray for my wife uh she's been having some high blood pressure she had it with our last pregnancy but um with this one being twins, it seems like it's a little bit more of a problem. Um, so they got her on medicine now. Just pray all that works out, and, and that'll be good. Um, they'll be born healthy. Uh, you can pray that we can find a house down there. It, it's a pretty difficult area to find a house. Not only is the market crazy right now, but Scott County is the fastest-growing county mm-hmm. in Kentucky currently. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a really hard area to find housing in normal rent for a three bedrooms like sixteen hundred dollars so which is super high on six hundred dollars a month it is <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> so i'm just gonna tell them the, i'm just gonna tell them the lord has need and just take it uh so pray that we can find a reasonable house is um especially if we're going to be having church in our house uh, we need something that can accommodate that mm-hmm. so uh, pray that we can find that and then we're praying through a different a couple of different venues uh, just for Sunday worship when we need that. Um, so you guys can pray for that as well. Yeah, that's good. So, um, you know, whenever we close our podcast, we always like to tell the listeners how they could be saved if they don't know. So I think it would only be appropriate that this week we would have our guest, Race Johnson, tell everyone how they could be saved if they don't know already. Yeah. Well, the gospel's simple. It's uh, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So 
we were all born into sin and we all sin against God. We, we are rebels against him. Uh, we have in and of ourselves no desire to be with him, uh, to love God. We are naturally uh, rebellious against him. Um, but even in our rebellion, the Bible says Christ came. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was born of a virgin. Uh, and then he was betrayed by his friend, Jesus Iscariot, and put on a cross. Uh, and on the cross, when he died, he, he paid the payment for all of our sin. And then three days later, I'm sure you guys know the story, he rose again victorious over death. And that's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. And and really, it's good news because now we can have uh, redemption. We can have forgiveness of our sins if we would trust in Jesus and repent of our sins. Faith is as simple as believing, uh, putting our trust in someone, which would be Jesus. It's not anything that we can do. There's no works. Um, there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's unmerited favor. It's it's faith and grace that we receive through Jesus. But Really, the condition is, and the Bible says the devils believe also, but do perish. So just believing in Jesus isn't enough. You have to repent. The Bible says you have to uh, turn from your sin or, or change your mind about your sin. doesn't mean you're never going to sin again, obviously, but it means that uh, your heart posture towards your sin, where before it was, I love my sin, now it's, no, this sin is rebellion. It's wickedness towards God, and I'm turning to Christ to save me from it. Um, and it's a desire to live for Jesus, making Jesus your Lord. And so if you would do those things, if you, the Bible says, if you'd confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, uh, which is repentance and believe in your heart, which is faith that you can be saved. And it's just a, it could be a prayer. There's no specific words you can pray. Um, but if you just bow your head and pray, uh, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Uh, God, I make you my Lord. Uh, you could be saved if you believe that prayer. And again, um, it's it's not by any works. Uh, you're not going to be victorious in this life uh, just by working hard or by trying your best. It's only through the gospel that you can have victory over your sin uh, and victory over death and hell. That's good. So if you've decided to make that decision today, um, we'd love for you to reach out to us. You can email us at staffstudypodcast at gmail.com. You can call the church office at 937-444-2493. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to send you something, kind of help you along your journey. And uh, if we can answer any questions for you, we'd be glad to do that. Uh, also, we want to remind you, if you're a pastor listening or um, if you're just a, a church member, I said I said that terribly. You're not just a church member, but if you're a church member or a pastor listening, um, if you're a church member, tell your pastor about Race Johnson and this church plant, uh, the Mount Baptist Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. If you're a pastor, get a hold of Race Johnson and uh, have him come present at your church. Um, help support him to get this church off the ground. Uh, churches plant churches. We believe that, and Faithway Baptist is sending him out and. And uh, we're just thankful that uh, somebody's willing to go. So um, help them to uh, get this off the ground down in Georgetown, Kentucky. And until next time, we will see you then. Thank you for listening to the Staff Study Podcast. It's our prayer that this has been an encouragement for you in your walk with the Lord. Please visit our website at www bbcmtorab.org for more information on our church and associated ministries. 
It is our desire to encourage you to study God's Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth.